Thank you for tuning in to the Feld Podcast. I am your host, Sam Iskaville. Here at the, at the Feld Podcast, we focus on failures and challenges that our guests have experienced. Along with that, we take the lessons that they have learned. Our hope is that you learn something new, and if you're facing challenges, maybe one of our guests can encourage you to keep going through the power of conversation and asking the right questions. We hope to leave you with insight and wisdom that can help you face your failures and your challenges. On behalf of the Felt Podcast, thank you for listening. And now we want to welcome our guest, LDP slash Lance. Lance, how you doing? Thank you for coming on the Felt Podcast. This has been in the works for a minute and it finally is here. How are you doing this morning? I am doing fantastic. Uh, Got some coffee. Feeling nice and relaxed. Yeah. Nice. This is like in my element. I typically record on Saturdays and Sunday mornings yeah. with my guests. So this is right in line. And I'm, I'm on off. We're in off season right now. Yeah. Uh, we do something called off script where I just kind of come on and give a short little briefing about what I've got on my mind and things like that as we get ready for season eight. Oh, we just man. About season eight. Three and, years uh, and running. Oh my God! I've already kind of got a little bit of a guest list going. I am I am shocked by one of the people uh, oh, really? that wanted to come on. You got uh, Mark Cuban? No, no I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, that's great, dude. Yeah. When you, I mean, people struggle to get guests, and and I see you have a good variety, a lot of business owners, and then a lot of other people who are like creatives and yeah. stuff. So I like tuning into your podcast just because I get to hear you. Do your thing in many forms with many personalities. And yeah. as a fellow podcaster, I learn from the way that you do it. First of all, my voice is not as cool as yours. <laughs> but every now and then, you know, I try to make it work. You Gotta know, break welcome, it down Welcome to the Phil Podcast. <laughs> we are. That's funny, it's, right? It's the nasally thing, right? That's yeah. what I, was, I, was, I get made fun of for it sometimes. No. Yeah. So, look, guys. You see that right there? It's probably you. That's his podcast, and that's the icon. So I'll put everything in the description below. That way you can go follow him, listen, and see what he's doing. Um, but there you go. Look look up that, and uh, and then you'll be able to hear what I'm talking about. Yep, um, available everywhere. And nasally's not bad. I mean, remember, I mean, they told Shakira she sounded like a goat. I know, and now um, she yeah. is the goat. And she, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... Here at the Feld Podcast, we want to focus on people's failures and challenges, yeah. but not in a negative way because yeah. we all learn from it. If, Absolutely. if you're sitting here, it's because you learn from whatever you went through. Absolutely. So I'm going to walk, you're going to help me walk through your journey, how you grew up, where you grew up. And yeah. You don't have to tell me how much you weigh or how long <laughs> you were, right? But take me back to your childhood. I want to just know where you grew up, what your family, home life environment was like. Yeah. Because we don't realize it, but there's so many challenges as a kid yeah. that may, that help us now. And yeah. when we reflect, we pull out the lessons. 100%. And so tell me a little bit about how you grew up and where you're from. I think uh, going back to like childhood and things like that, just before I even dive into mine, now that I'm a parent and I started doing research, because I research a lot. That's just that's what I used to do. That's what I used to do for a living. I still yeah. have to do it. Um you don't realize how much of an impact the first couple of months of your life have on you for the rest of your life. And for me, you know, parents split. Um, I was in Colorado, born in Colorado, parents separated, kept it. Everything was really nice though. Like they did a good job. I, I'm really proud of them for the way that they were able to handle everything, but they split. My mom and I moved to Rochester, New York. Uh, I was, I was one of those kids that got to travel a lot. 
I was going back and forth between New York and Colorado, New York and Chicago, New York and other states. So uh, in the, uh, Indiana, wherever my my father's family reunion was going to be happening, I was traveling there. I was traveling yeah. to Colorado. I've got an amazing family on both sides. So I was very fortunate to grow up, even though I didn't grow up with both of them right then and there. Yeah. I have a strong relationship and a strong bond with both of my parents. And the relationship is different with the two of them. But grew up in Rochester, New York, um, was a wrestler, track star. Um, notice I didn't say wrestling star. I was I uh, tore my meniscus. Yeah. I did get, I was on varsity young, but I tore yeah. my meniscus and I couldn't do it again. So oh, then man. later on I got into judo and, and all of that. I had to yeah. keep doing that. And now I'm a yoga teacher. Um, but growing up in that area and growing up in such a cold environment, you kind of learn how to adjust your your lifestyle very quickly because we could get a snowstorm in October mm. and that could throw off everything that you have planned. So growing up in Buffalo and going to college in Buffalo, I say that had probably the biggest impact on me because yeah. the city of Buffalo is like nothing else. And I've been everywhere. And I will tell you that the city of Buffalo is, and I'm not saying it's the best as if you ask me, I would much rather be in Denver or maybe Miami yeah. or, or maybe San Francisco. Like there are yeah. cities that I enjoy more, but there's just something about Buffalo. Anytime it, I hear about Buffalo, New York is snow. Yeah. It's cold and yeah. the pictures, everything's covered in snow. Yeah. But anyways, that's all that people talk about. Yeah. But if you actually go to the city, it's got some of the nicest people, some of the best food. You oh, can party really? until like four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Well, it's cold. You don't have anything else yeah, to do. Yeah. You, 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 just, you just party all night. Um, but no, what I what I learned from that city is a lot of resiliency. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta get creative because once there's a snowstorm, you still gotta eat. You still gotta make things happen. So uh, it it definitely taught me a lot of lessons about how to how to persevere when you when a lot of things are out of your control, right? That span of control. Yeah. Some people don't know how to handle when they're out of control or when things are outside of their scope. Yeah. It taught me how to kind of adapt very quickly mm. and to change your plans. Now, I, there was one thing you pointed out. Like a lot of people are watching and they come from homes where there's divorce and mm-hmm. then you have to split your time between parents and sometimes locations. Yeah. And there's just, just this negative this negativity attached to it. And yeah. I, I like that you said it was, it was great with both families. I got to travel. They made it work. Yes. And so like, if you're watching, man, yeah. it's not doomsday. No. Like whatever you have on your plate, man, you got to make it work. And that's an effort. Like that's individual efforts. Yep. Like everyone has to decide and everyone has to make the best of it. Even whenever we think it's the worst or Absolutely. whatever. So I love that you kind of spotlighted that. Cause a lot of people don't, don't tend to say that sadly enough. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I feel like that obviously added to who you are. Well, it's a mindset thing, though. Yeah. So before we go any further, it is a mindset thing. So my relationship with my father wasn't perfect at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. But that there's two ways you can go about things in life. Mm-hmm. You can either carry all the weight or mm-hmm. you can put it back on the person. I, I actually was just having a conversation with someone and they asked me, you know, being in, being a yoga teacher and having people bring some of their problems and their thoughts and things to you, yeah. how do you handle it? And I'm like, well, I don't. When someone's in my presence and we're having a conversation, I just help them pick up the weight a little bit. So I will help them carry said weight while they're having a discussion with me. Maybe we knock a couple things off the top while we're having the conversation, but then I give it all back to them. Yeah. So what I think happens sometimes is we 
are so upset about how things turn out that we just carry some weight that doesn't belong to us. Mm. So I put the onus back on him, and yeah. he did he did the work, and now we have a fantastic relationship. This man's going to be out here next week for my daughter's birthday. So it's like, it's a mindset thing. I'm I'm not going to sit around holding grudges because it's too much energy. It's yeah. too much of my energy for me to use on that. And the only person that gets negatively impacted is me. So, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to drink poison for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Great, great insight. Um, at, growing up in your childhood, what mm-hmm. was your childhood um, like with your friends, I guess, in oh, school? Yeah. Like, if yeah. we go, like, middle yeah. school, high school, it seems, from my, my uh, perspective, that that's where a lot of challenges happen and a lot of our development on how we are, like, socially and how mm-hmm. we deal with things. Yeah. Go to high school. That's when a lot happens. Yeah. Is there something that sticks out back then that you you're like, I hated it, but I'm thankful for it today. Oh yeah. When I first got to New York, I got bullied like crazy because you know I'm the I'm the kid with uh with cooties from the mountains. Yeah. You know, um, I'm coming from Colorado. Nobody knows me, so I got bullied a lot. And it's interesting though because I like. I don't do like the let's make fun of people for fun and like that's how yeah. some people use it to like build rapport. I I have too much insight on what that could do to someone negatively. Yeah. So I don't do a lot of that. When I want to build rapport with someone, I just have a normal conversation with them. So commu- it, what it really did for me is it helped me mm-hmm. to communicate. It actually never put me down. Like it never really phased me. It didn't really upset me, mostly because I was I've I've been very secure in who I am as a yeah. as from a very young age. Again, shout out to my parents, my family yeah. for helping me just be myself and for that being enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got bullied and I think that what, what started to happen is a lot of them started to realize it wasn't working. And then when I got into high school, because I was in middle school, I ended up being really good at track Mm -hmm. and I was good at wrestling already. And then my, one of my friends and I, we got on varsity when we were like 13, 14 years old, we were already, we were already doing like JV practice and then varsity practice. So then when we got to high school, I was already a varsity track athlete, like starter, and I was already wow. on the varsity wrestling team. I wasn't starting on the varsity wrestling okay. team, but like I was on the I was on the varsity team and oh, like yeah. wrestling off to decide if I was gonna uh, compete that week or whatever the case nice. may be. But like, so it was funny because like I went from the kid that they made fun of, kind of started to get more popular, to then being like a popular kid, yeah. and then. I would not let anybody bully anybody else. That was the weird thing. I became the guy that's like, if you make fun of people in, in my presence, you're not invited to my parties. Mm. You're not invited to anything that I have going on. Yeah. I'm not putting up with that. Now, here at the Felt Podcast, we are against bullying. Yep. Um, I experienced it. My daughter has experienced it. And it just just what it does and what you see it in private at home and you see someone sad and crying yeah. about like it's real man it's people, real thing. Pe- people people don't really see that but it it hurts as a parent to see it mm-hmm. and you stuck up for people yeah that's a hard thing to do yeah okay so, th- so let's just say there's some young people watching right now and they maybe when i was young for sure i saw it like I was like, oh, he's bullying him, and then but but this dude is like this, so I, I can't really call him out because it's gonna say something about me. You know how it goes. The dynamics, yeah. the politics yeah. are tough. But what what words of encouragement could you give to us people mm-hmm. that we're listening, and even in the work environment as adults? Yeah, you see it. Yeah, like yeah. get out of here. Bullying exists there, and it's yeah. even it's even sadder because people are just trying to make a living. <clears throat> 
How would you approach it, man? If you're seeing it mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're like, hey, dude, like you need to stop or whatever. How would you approach? How would you mm-hmm. motivate? Yeah, you know, someone to approach a, a I, bully. I would, I would say the first thing that you need to do is kind of understand yourself. So yeah. before you before you engage in any kind of confrontation, make sure that you fully understand how you deal with confrontation first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like for me, I'm not afraid of confrontation. Yeah. But I I am. Now I say that I have definitely done my share of being an asshole. Yeah. I have done my share of that. Trust yeah. me. Uh, and then some. I am not afraid of a confrontation in an aggressive situation. I'm not afraid of it, yeah. but I also like, I know what I'm capable of in a situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you just got to kind of have to know what your style is. There's only two ways. There's only two ways you can go about it. You can meet that person where they are from an aggressive standpoint, or you can try to bring that person back down to earth. There's only two ways to go about it. And I usually just look and see, First off, what's my mood and what's the situation? Some people need to be brought back down to earth and some people need to be met with aggression. So I typically tell people, if you see something like that happening, I wouldn't engage the first time, observe the first time and understand Mm -hmm. what's going on. And then you see it happen again. Now you have a pattern of behavior and you can determine from what you know about the people the best way to go about it. And it's so crazy because whenever you confront someone, it's like like a hostile environment per se. Mm -hmm. You gotta breathe, yeah. <laughs> like, like you gotta focus, like maintain your breathing, because if you if you start losing control of that, it's just gonna yep. add to the anxiety and stress, and then it can blow up in your face. And that's why I say you gotta know whether or not you're gonna approach, if you're gonna match their energy or try to draw their energy down. It. That's why it's really important to know which way you're gonna go. Yeah, I I tend to match energy, but I know that most people can't meet me where I go, yeah. and if, but I know that for me. Uh, my friends, my wife, a lot of people tell you that's not that's not good if I go to that area yeah. because that's like that's not even the person that I am anymore. So I try not to go there. I had <laughs> I had written something down. It says the biggest challenge I faced when getting when getting started was identifying why I was doing it and who the message was for. Ooh, I like that. You you said that. Yeah. And I'm just, like we're just going to jump ahead. I like that. I really like, I like that. I like that I said that. I was going to say, that sounds like that something. That sounds good. I was like, that sounds like something that I would say. Yeah. <laughs> what philosopher said that? It was you, man. The biggest challenge that you face is getting started and identifying why and was doing it and who the message was for. Where'd that come from? Tell me a little bit about your process, mm-hmm. creativity, and who you are. Because, now we're just gonna jump ahead, guys. No, like this, this, this is like um, this is like bumper cars. This ain't on, this ain't the freeway, man. We're just gonna go left and right. Um, you do a lot of things creatively. Yeah, you do photography. You're a businessman. You do yoga. You're you got. I mean, mm-hmm. so talk to me a little bit about yeah, yeah. that. So for me, um, one of the things that I like to tell people is, I am very much process oriented. Because in my opinion, I believe that the process is more important than the destination. Yeah. Um, what do they always say? That the person who likes walking is going to go further than the person who's walking to a certain spot. So I've, I was not always process-oriented. Yeah. But as I got into leadership in corporate America, I realized that if I had a process, mm-hmm. that allowed me to be free to be myself in a lot of other areas. If I'm spending time trying to figure out what I'm going to do every single time something comes up, then you kind of lose track of who you are. So instead, I built processes around everything that I did, whether it was coaching people, whether it was training people, Mm -hmm. whether it was 
difficult conversations. I have a process for literally everything that I do. So when things get difficult, I'm not having to think about what I do next. I already know what I do next in that situation. And it's adaptable. So I basically took that and I brought it to everything else that I do. But I, I realize now... Even as a kid, I had a process. As a wrestler, I had a process. Mm-hmm. In track, I had a process. I've always been process-oriented. It wasn't until I was in corporate America going through trainings, and I'm like, oh, I, I've thought, I thought about it that way. I've done things. You start to have these light bulbs go off yeah. of, like, you intuitively will figure things out. Because my process is going to be different from somebody else's because not everybody can communicate the way that I can. Yeah. So you might have to go about it a different way if this is not your form of communication. So what I've done is... When it comes to photography, I've built a process. I know exact. I can go to an area. You give me thirty minutes in the city, yeah. and I will capture gold. Yeah, and I, and I and I know that. And I think for some people, it's difficult for them to mm. put praise on themselves it because is. we're not taught to do that. Yep. But if you don't believe in you first, if you don't at yourself, if you don't put mm. yourself in the at the forefront of what you're doing, you can't ever get to your highest level. So yeah. I'm not afraid to say that I'm great at what I do. Yeah. And I'm still not even the greatest I could be. I'm still not even close to being as good yeah. as I could be. But I, I, you give me 30 minutes anywhere, and I believe I could get some fantastic photos. And the reason for that is I put in the work. The only reason why I'm so confident in any of these things because I've put in the work. Yeah. Even with yoga, while we were going through training, they say you should do three times as much yoga as the person, as the average person in your class. You need to be able to say yeah. definitively you've done three times as much yoga as the average person that would come to your class. That makes sense. That's wild. But when you think about it, that's freaking wild. Yeah, well, you think about, like, you know, I was, like, looking at, like, Kobe and Shaq, and, and whenever they talk about, even Michael Jordan, when they talk about, like, they're practicing, it doesn't it doesn't equal a, a game. It's yeah. like 20 games yeah, exactly. in one practice. Like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not going to run as much as they run in a game when they practice they yep. shoot they've said well, i've shot a thousand times yep. in you know one training and there's there's a reason for that yep. and i feel like that's what you're doing that's pro level yep. mentality mm-hmm. a lot of us don't put that to practice because we don't know how and it just it's it's nice to have good reflexes it's yep. nice to go by the gut yep. but i like to use those once i've already the, the, my proven system and what it was yeah. like for instance right now I kind of when I was trying to read your thing I, I kind of lost focus but I also know that okay Lance is going to talk oh, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then look it over yeah. and I'm going to be good yeah. and so I think that that, that helps yeah. and creatively people they neglect that well, do the work behind the scenes I think what happens is um, there is this idea that like the, the camera's going to do it for you or yeah. certain things are going to happen for yeah. you. And you can, you can get great photos on auto. What's going to happen though, is you're going to be in a situation where the light is super bright or the light is super low. You don't have the right focal length and you're trying to yeah. make something. So like, have you practiced enough? Um, I know this is going to sound so ridiculous, but the, one of the first things that I did is I have this little owl that is like a little figurine that we got like yeah. years ago. And I literally put it on my dining room table and I set it in one position and I took photos 
of the of like multiple camera lenses of that one item yeah. with like just would change one setting, take a photo, change another setting, take a photo. And I went I went all the way up, all the yeah. way down, change change camera lenses, went all the way up and all the way mm. down. And there's three elements of photography. And I use all three of them and I would only change one thing at a time across all three. Yeah. Then I did it to the other one. And like so when I tell people like I took a lot of photos I was shooting in the gym. Like, I literally, now when I step outside, why do you think I could do it in 30 minutes? Because I sat there for three hours once. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not that it's, it's, there's, there is something about shooting in the gym. There is something about putting in the time that makes you really confident when it's time to go. Now, dude, that's so great. There's, there's habits that we develop Mm -hmm. that kind of add like walls to our progress. And when you're saying, man, I made a tweak, I made a tweak, I made a hundred tweaks, I made a thousand tweaks. And when we face challenges and failures in life, we don't make tweaks. So we one one year we face this challenge, whatever it may be, having, being a good friend or passing your math test, whatever. Yeah. And then the following year, you can come across kind of the similar situation, but you didn't make any adjustments. Yeah. You didn't sit down yeah. and look at it and say, how can I improve either to not be stressed about it, to get through it a little bit quicker, or to learn more from it? So that's what I like about it, man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are scared to fail. Like it literally yeah. knocks them down, yeah. and it, the recovery time is long. Because they're, they're not they're not making tweaks. They're not making adjustments. I have a rule for it. They're too. not understanding themselves more. Yep. So give me your rule. I have a rule. So and I've ta- I've documented this on it's probably you. I have a forty eight hour rule. Yeah. Because I have failed licenses ex- exams in in the field that I'm in. I have failed at interviews. I have failed at projects. I have failed at all these things. Yeah, yeah. So my rule oh, is your friend sounds like yeah, oh well if you if, <laughs> like like I said like the only reason I feel so confident is because I made a bunch of mistakes. You can you, you don't learn from being good. You learn from failing. Absolutely. Um, so I have a rule. It's a forty eight hour rule. Uh-huh. Uh, I give myself forty eight hours to feel all the pain, the sadness. I have 48 hours to let all of it out. And I don't try to I don't try to solve anything. I don't try to fix anything. I spend 48 hours being pissed off, sad, angry, combination of them going in and out of the emotions. Yeah. I give myself 48 hours. Yeah. Usually I'm done in 24, 20, 24 to 28, 32. Yeah. I'm usually done before that, but I give myself 48 straight hours from the time that I find out the news or whenever it happens. I have 48 hours to just bitch and be upset. And whatever the case, yeah. I got, I got, I give myself all that time. Mm. And then by the time we get to, by the time we get to that 20, that two day mark, then we have to start. We got. We're over it. We got to start figuring out what got to do it, next. Got we got to. We got to. We got to get to the next plan. We yeah. got to get to the next thing. But the the issue is people don't give themselves that time to be upset. No, no. Like, oh well, I failed, but let me just hop right back in. Nah, no, 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 no. Feel the failure. Like, like I I like to say it's like this. It's like you just hit the ground, right? You just hit your face. Just hit the ground, right? What happens when your face hits the ground? Most people want to immediately get back up. Not me. I want to sniff it. I want to like taste it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I want to feel what it felt like to be on the ground. I want the coldness on my face. I want to feel like yeah. what this is. What does this feel like? Because I'm gonna be here again. Yeah, you gotta so let it settle. Let a it. Bit. Let it. Let it settle. Let the. Let the. Let it hurt a little bit. And then, all right, how's my body feel? What's my mind doing? It's a slow process to get back up. But what it does is it makes failure a lot mm. less painful. 
Yeah. I, you know, when people get hurt, the shock factor comes in and and, and you can literally walk another 10 feet and, you, and people think, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, wake up tomorrow morning yep. and you're going to find out what really happened because yep. that, that part of your body is not working anymore. Yep. And so I love that the forty-eight hour rule. It's on on your podcast. You yeah. talk about it, but that's you gave us a pretty good scope of it. So yeah. guys, I mean, I, I I love it. It seems like so, to me, it's like when you're trying to grow from failure and challenges to be better. Yeah, are the things that you implement easy, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like that. I can say forty-eight hour, like Lance said, forty-eight hour rule. Mm -hmm. That's easy for me. Yeah. So I, I love that, man. Thank it's you for. Be easy. Yeah. If you complicate it, forget it, man. This is gonna make it so much harder. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in your life? Okay, but let's just, I'm going to zoom in. Yeah. What are some big challenges that you faced in photography, okay. in business? And then we're going to close with yoga. Okay. So don't touch on yoga okay. because to me, yoga is like mental health. Oh, yeah. Zero, like focusing in, breathing. And oh, I really yeah. want to leave the, the audience with that. Because, okay. And so what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in uh, in business and photography, yeah. I would say for photography, it was really just my own head. Yeah, like I. Um, so the first time I got put in Fort Worth magazine, I was. It was with my phone. It was a, it was a picture I took of my phone. Yeah, it was during uh, a lot of the civil unrest. Like I had a concept, I took a photo, and it really blew up. Like it blew up. Like people yeah. had bought that print from me. Like that thing blew up. I didn't expect that, and. I just remember being so insecure about it because it was taken with a phone. And I was like, oh, no one's going to believe I'm a real photographer because I took this with my phone. Yeah. I didn't take this with any cameras or anything like that. And I just remember being really feeling super insecure about that. Mm -hmm. So it was me getting in my own head. It was like imposter syndrome. I'm like, there's no way anybody's going to believe it's that good if it just came from a cell phone. Yeah. And so that was my own thing that I put on myself of like, what, like, why Why is that what's coming up? Why is it that I feel like I have to prove something? Yeah. And at that point, I had only gotten a couple, you know, I'd gotten a couple likes. I had grown my page and everything. But that was the first time that, like, an outlet had come to me and wanted me yeah. to be featured. And I had a, I struggled with that for mm -hmm. a couple of days. Yeah. Um, but so that was something that I feel like was self-inflicted. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, I, I only work with, you know, clients that I want to work with. So let's talk, let's talk about the business side. The, the one of the hardest things to do with business is continue to grow your client base. That's been the hardest thing for me is it's like, I have so many other things going on that I haven't leaned into trying to grow out my photography business. I only had like two clients that I just was working with yeah. regularly and I set it up so that it was more legit because what I do for a living, I have to have all my things in a row because mm -hmm. I'm in a highly regulated industry. Yeah. Um, so I had, I've set up the business and something that I could potentially do better there is put more energy into it. Like yeah. put more energy into trying to get more clients into trying to grow it. So that's where I feel like I've kind of failed is I haven't put myself out there to the same degree. Yeah. I've kind of let people come to me and it's Got good it. that even having two clients is a big, even having people that want to work with you is a big yeah. deal, but still I feel like I could have done more. Now that's one of the, I, I think that's one of the challenges of being good or recognized 
for being good mm-hmm. is it, it kind of clouts your your motivation. You're like, man, I'm good, man. Just I'll open the door when they knock. <laughs> yeah. it, it's 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 hard. You got to yeah. show up. And I feel like the people that do things at an elite level, yep. they have to come to terms with that because yep. I'm sure they're all sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm the man. So, you know, you come find me. Exactly. And that's a challenge that a lot of us face when we're good at something. But a lot of us aren't good at things. <laughs> and so all we do is push, push, push. Yeah. And there's no response. Like it's yeah. really quiet. That's hard. I would feel like that would be more difficult to, to have an uphill battle yeah. of feeling like you're completely knocking and no one's answering. Mm-hmm. That to me would be a lot of a beat down. I've been fortunate enough to not be in that situation, yeah. but I, I feel like I kind of got thrust into mm-hmm. taking that next step because photography was secondary. I was doing the podcast and the only reason why I leaned, I used to do photography a lot when I was younger. Oh, okay. I, had, I had little point and shoot camera. I had the like um, the film camera. I did a lot of that when I was younger and then I lost it. Same thing with yoga. I did yoga when I was younger and then I lost it. Mm. And then I started the podcast and I was like, well, I need to take some photos for the podcast. And and it's just weird how certain things come back to you later on in life. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, man, you're right. It's, it's the effort. And it's, I feel like it's a lot harder to put in the effort Mm. than it is to just come, just kind of sit back and rest on what you've already done. Now the 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 insecurity that you had about doing it with a camera phone. Mm-hmm. There's this thing whenever I talk to creatives, um, or it, it applies to anyone, but I talk to a lot of creatives, and they're always worried about the thing. I gotta have the right outfit. I gotta have the right camera. I gotta have the right mics. I gotta have the, all these barriers of entry. Yeah, and, and they're almost impossible for a lot of these people because they're expensive. They're hard to get, yep. and you don't even know your craft yet. Yep. And so, whenever I'm doing things like today, I'm recording on an iPhone and a GoPro. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a nice Sony camera over there, but I try to use things that are easy yes. for other people to obtain. So if they say, Sam, I want to start. I want to do a pop. Well, you know what? I did it with my phone. I yep. did it with this mic that's 30 bucks yep. because I just want them to get started in yep. it, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. so I love that you said you took it with your phone, but you were a little insecure about it. But other people saw how great you were. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want to tell people, give people the opportunity to see how great you are. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to take the shot. Like yeah. I, I am, I, I love telling that story because what it allowed me to do is now I don't really care. Yeah. I don't care where it came from. Mm-hmm. I realize what you have to do is separate the artist from the tool. Yeah, that's the that's something that's really difficult mm. to do is to separate the artist from the tool because I have a, a this is a, a Fujifilm XA7. It's like this little camera that is like plasticky, but it, it uses all the same lenses as my pro, my professional camera, um, but like it's plasticky and it's yeah. kind of like a step up from a phone. I've told people to go get something like that because it's you can still use it. It still yeah. looks like kind of like a phone, but you're starting to learn the mm. process and everything. I take that with me when I go out and do things. No one can tell where my photos come from. No one knows if I did it with a phone. No mm. one knows if I did it with my like my my actual camera or yeah. if I did it with my my little fun camera. No one can tell. And I and I, when I started to realize that, I'm like, oh wait. It's me. Mm. I'm, I, it's the artist, and it's not the tool. And that stopped me from Dude, that. Dude, they um, people get into like this gear race. I was there, man. Yeah. I I, for, I spent a year. I think it was like 2020 to 2021. 
I just bought so many lenses. I was like, I need this lens and I need this thing. I need this yeah, thing. Yeah, home going like this. <laughs> and then You're I, all my lenses. And then I realized uh, I could really only have one on the camera at a time. Yeah. I, I, and honestly, I don't, we're in the studio now. I only travel with two. I travel with two lenses. Yeah. So like, I have like six or seven. I can only bring two at a time. Yeah. So like, or make it I, work, and I can only use one. Yeah. So I, I it's just these things that you you mm. see all these gear reviews, and you see all these people doing all these things, yeah. and you feel like that's what you need in order to do it. Mm. You don't. You don't need any of that. I. It's not even necessary, dude. Like you, you think you need something to just to do, and I, I start thinking about like my childhood. I start thinking about where I grew up and everything that's attached to where I grew up who I am, how I'm educated, and I'm not knocking on no one where they live or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But I carry that with me sometimes. And in essence, yeah. it's not the right equipment for what I want to do. So, yeah. like, my confidence has to come from somewhere else because that's rooted. Yeah. And in a lot of us, that's rooted, and we say, I don't have what it takes yeah. to walk into that place. I don't have what it takes to talk to that person. And all I'm saying is, Lance just said it, man. He goes, I got two lenses. <laughs> I got to make it work with those two lenses and he does. Yep. And sometimes we have one or two talents, but you think you need 10. Exactly. Right? Because everyone else has 10, but your two might be enough. Yeah. But you won't ever know. Like more than enough. More than enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. And I started doing those challenges. I started actually going places with just one lens and have to make it work. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I, like I would it. do that challenge where it's like, you pick one, I pick the other. Yeah. We're going to shoot the same scene. And we're going to see what it looks like from, from different vantage points. And yeah. you, we're not switching. You got this one lens in this area. So even if I'm shooting landscape photography, I got a lens that's not really for it. Yeah. I got to make it work. And I've gotten some of my best photos from being in that environment and just like figure it out. Mm. Figure it out. This is a stretch, Lance. Follow me. You're, yeah, yeah. you're a great deep thinker. Yeah. So we want to do so much in life, okay? This is a challenge that people face. Yeah. but. We are not confident in what we already know. Mm. That we say, I need to get this certificate. I need to get this training. I need to have this job, this shirt, these pants in order to step into that thing. It being a greater thing. And you said, I showed up with one lens and I made it work. And I was, and you surprised yourself on on the result that came out of it. And I just, tell me your thoughts on this, man, but believe in who you are right now. Regardless of what you're chasing and trying to get, who are you right now and step into the world with that individual and you might surprise yourself on what comes out. I think what it comes down to and what it all boils down to is, right, the person that you want to be 10 years from now is really counting on you right Mm. now to get started. Like that, the, the, the future you is really dependent on you today. And if you today don't take those steps, you're not going to be that Mm. person. You're welcome, Sam. 10 years. You're welcome. Right? That's what I say to myself all the time. And I think I get caught up in I want to be great at all these things. I want to do all these things all the time. And I've had to dial it back for myself and say – if I'm not if I'm not moving from a place of authenticity, then it's not worth it, right? Yeah. It's not worth it to just force something just to do it. Yeah. So I've actually I don't post as much as I used to on my Instagram pages. I'm not doing as much as I used to, but now people are interacting with me at class. Now people are coming yeah. to my yoga class. Now people are tapping into the podcast mm-hmm. at a, at a higher clip. I, I I know that my prints are being talked about, discussed, and things like that are happening. Yes. So it's like I put out less 
but higher quality. I love it. Okay, so now we're going to jump into the yoga part because it seems like photography, depending on the gig you get, it can come with its stresses. Mm -hmm. Equipment, cost, finished product, charging for it, you know, all that. Okay, oh, the price stuff, man. Oh, my God. Get out of here. It is so hard pricing stuff. And then your job, forget it. Like, you know, job, we all have, we all work. We know it can be very stressful. And then I've kind of watched you when you were like training and then you got certified and then as you stepped in and then uh, a venue opened up for you and and then you stepped into yoga. Okay. Now I feel like it's almost, it's so, it, it came at such a timely fashion in your life because you're so busy. You were in high demand. You're like Mr. Fort Worth. He wasn't even here and he's Mr. Fort Worth. Okay. And so like, you needed something to yeah. like to say, Lance. You need to slow down, right? Yeah. And then this yoga thing has come up, and I'm yeah. watching you, and yeah. I just feel like when you're doing it, you better you got to slow down. You have to be yep. present. Yep. And so, tell me your journey coming to yoga, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and not really the business side of it, but like your personal mental health part of it and why you did it and then we'll just walk through it oh yeah for sure so like i said like i had gotten into yoga when i was younger yeah um i did it a lot in college mm-hmm. and i don't know what happened man. it's like it kind of fell off yeah and then we got to arlington and my wife and i started doing it again like we started going to a studio and then i found a, a studio here in fort worth yeah. that i really liked and then the the um pandemic hit and what it did for me was it gave me a nice little reset. So I actually have a story for you. I did a challenge on the podcast where I did 30 days of yoga. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think it's important to make things simple and easy. Mm. So I said, I'm going to do 30 days, but I'm not going to do 30 days at 20 minutes or 30 days at 30 minutes. I did 30 days, 20 minutes, I mean, uh, 30 days, 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed to do. And that, and I can consider it to be a win, right? Yeah. So I did that 30-day challenge during the pandemic. And I talked about it on the podcast. And what it basically did was some days I did 11 minutes. Some days I just did 10. Mm-hmm. Some days I did 45. Some yeah. days I did 30. Next thing you know, because the barrier to entry to do it was so small, it made it easy on me, right? Mm-hmm. I get through with the 30-day challenge. I'm doing yoga more regularly. I kid you not, three months later, there is a yoga studio that is giving out scholarships for BIPOC. So I applied for it, get the scholarship, and then boom, I'm in training. So I saved myself four or $5,000. Wow. By going through this program, now you had to write. You had to like really write it. You, you had, had to, to earn it. Yeah, okay. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to like put in a lot of yeah, stuff yeah. to get that. But I got it, and uh, yeah, then I went through the training. And what I realized in the training, which is the craziest thing, is I talked to more yoga teachers. They all kind of, we kind of all come to the same conclusion. That two hundred hour yoga certification, it's closer to about three, and, and not only that, um, it's not. That's the start. Yeah, that's that's just the start. Now it's like, what else are you reading? Who else are you like engaging with? What are you doing in your own body? The greatest thing that I learned from going through yoga teacher training mm-hmm. is I can't be a great yoga teacher if I'm not a great yoga practitioner. Gotcha. Like if I am not doing those things, yeah. I can't come to you and do it. Because you, you could get somebody hurt. Like you could literally uh-huh. hurt somebody yeah. if you don't pay attention to certain things. And the mindfulness of it, like the what it does for me personally is huge. So I would say that that's a perfect example of Mm -hmm. just start doing something and you don't know what opportunities are going to come. I had no idea. There's no way I would have known that that was coming. 
I could have never known that was coming. Yeah, because at the smallest, what was your class size? Like when you, because oh, now you got oh, like, oh yeah. So when I first started, my my very first class, bro, I had I want to say six people in my very first class, and that's including my wife and three of my friends. Yeah, you, you gotta come, bro. Like I'm doing this thing. Show up. I had six people in my very first class, and like, again, it was just it was my wife, three of my friends, and that was my first class, right? And now we're typically anywhere from 12, 15. We had to cap it at 20 because a couple times we got like 22. So we actually have capped it at 20 because we we were getting to a point where we were like too many people. But I'm averaging 12 to 15 people, which is exactly what I want. I don't want more than 15. 20, I will do 20. But like I I prefer the 12 to 15 because I could see everybody. It's perfect for me. Um, so that's like that's kind of what you want as a yoga teacher. Yeah. You don't want to get too big, um, but yeah, man, it's 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 wild. Started with six people, and I was like, man, I don't know if anybody's ever going to come to class. And then 15, 14, 17, 22, 21. and yeah. it's just you gotta you you have to show up. Like I showed up, yeah, and you know, be yourself, show up, be real. Yeah. And now I've got re- I have regulars. I have regulars oh, that come to my class every single month, yeah. and I teach the first the first Saturday of every month at Funky Picnic. Um, and it's like, if I hadn't shown up, if I would have, I could have easily had that small class and said, oh, I don't deserve to be here. Mm. Instead, I said, wow, I actually, and I don't, dude, I, I can tell you my very first class. I don't remember half of it. I don't remember like I remember yeah. I messed up. I remember like I blanked out on a certain portion of it. Uh, I remember like I just I didn't get some of the things right. And I just remember being so proud. Yeah. And if you can't be proud of of teaching the six people, why should you be allowed to teach the twenty two? Got it. That was that's how it, how I walked yeah. away from it. It's like. It's not about the amount of people that show up to class. It's about the energy that I give to the class when yeah. they show up. So we, we live in a highly stressful country. Yeah, yeah. Like everything is fast. Like everything is like go, go, go. Yeah. What are some slow down techniques mm-hmm. that like maybe we maybe we don't do yoga. We can't do yoga, but there's breathing, there's yeah. mindset, there's thinking, there's posture, stuff like that that's yeah. important. What's something that if if we're dealing, we're trying to implement the 48-hour rule or something, or something's <laughs> nice. very stressful, yeah. what's a few, like, actions that we can take to help us, yeah. you know, kind of like a calm. I've got a calm, bunch of them. Calm down. Um, so what I tell people, especially if you work in, like, a uh, office environment, yeah, I would say put a sticky note uh, somewhere on your desk yeah. or, like, have a reminder somewhere to just breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say put something on it that says breathe and be present. Mm-hmm. Um, typically what happens is people think that they have a bad memory. You don't actually have a bad memory. What happens is you're not paying attention when you're doing certain things and then you forget the easiest way uh, to, ex- the easiest way to expand your memory is to pay attention. Um, so I would say put something on your desk that says breathe and be present or just one of each. That's going to help you in those moments. Cause when you start getting stressed out, you can look at that. Yeah. And then let's talk about breathing. 
if you feel like you're in a stressful environment and you're in a stressful situation, yeah. there's two techniques that I would have you look into. There's something called box breathing, where you breathe in for four, you hold at the top for four, you exhale for four, and then you hold at the bottom of that exhale, and then you start that rotation again. Box breathing helps regulate your system, and you only need like 60 seconds of it. Yeah. You can do a completely like different mind reset. Yeah, yeah. And then the other How, thing... Tell me the time yeah, yeah. for So the... you inhale for four, okay. you hold for four, Walk me through oh, it. Yeah, oh, I yeah, want I yeah, want y'all yeah. to see this. Okay, ready? okay, ready. So, and I do this in my class, depending mm -hmm. on like what I'm teaching that day. Yeah, yeah. So, you guys can follow along. I want you to inhale. For one, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two. Three, four, hold. Two, three, four. You just go through that a couple rounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, typically, okay. for me, when I'm feeling stressed out, I need about four. Four. Okay, so the cycle for me, four I, just, times. I cycle it yeah, four yeah. times usually, and I sometimes I'll just do that before I go to bed. Four to four to sixteen times. So after the four times, let's say, and, and it works. What's what's the the response? What's how do you know? Mm -hmm. I, oh, okay. oh, your heart rate's gonna go down. Okay, your heart rate's gonna drop. Yeah, and you're going to start to feel a little bit of mental clarity. Once you start to feel the mental clarity, what I tell people to do, especially if you're coming from a highly stressed situation, yeah. once you start to feel that mental clarity, now I want you to just pay attention to your breathing. Just for a minute, just pay attention mm -hmm. to, your, to, to your inhale and exhale. Yeah. What you're doing is you're bringing yourself inward because your, your brain does not know whether you actually have a problem or not. Your brain does not know whether there's actual danger or not. You can imagine danger and your brain thinks you're in danger. Yeah. Just like you can imagine peace yeah. and you can bring yourself peace. Got it. Yeah. Now, Lance LDP, man, his, like, let me do it again right here. <laughs> so this is his podcast, okay? I wanted to talk to him. We talked a little bit off, off, uh, off you know, before I push record about communication podcast. He, He's doing it really big. I really, I, I, I listen to all your stuff and I, I learn from you. I love your style. I love the way you communicate, prepare and present ideas. And I wanted to get into communication, but we're going to run out of time. So I have some really like insightful questions that we're going to yeah. finish with. Yeah. But I just wanted y'all to encourage, like, there's no need for me to tell you how great he is. Just go listen to his podcast. And I, I'm sure you're going to be entertained. You're going to like it. And so We'll put that there. Thank you. One quick reference. At, at one point, Lance said he wanted to be on the radio, and then the people told him, your voice is too nasally. <laughs> so, okay, so they said, like, it's almost like saying you can't because you have this fault. <laughs> and uh, he didn't hear him. And, uh, and here, here he is. He has a successful podcast, and a lot of people are listening to his nasally voice, <laughs> and and I enjoy it very much. And so, thank you for not listening yeah. <laughs> to, to their advice because it would have guided you the wrong way. Yeah. And so, just in the links below, click and you can hear his podcast. And we're gonna just jump in on these questions. I like yeah. to ask these questions to close the podcast. Yeah. What are you most proud of in your life so far? Ooh. Um... Yeah, that that one's pretty. This is an Oprah question. Yeah, I said I said like I said it like I was shocked by it, but I would say um, just the way that I've been able to to really like have the the family structure that I have. Yeah, uh, I'm proud of the person that I decided to to spend my life with, and I'm like so like when I tell you that I'm in love with my daughter, 
and I I can say that. Yeah, you, you, it doesn't even doesn't even hit close. How, to how, how I old feel. is she, how is your daughter? She's gonna be a she's, year. She's brand new. Brand she's new. One so I'm a father. My my daughter's ten. So I remember. Yeah. The change. Yeah, like, yeah. I tell her. I told her just the other day. I said, "You are my heartbeat." Yep. Change me as that's a person. It, like yep. if she's down, dude, I'm down. If she's happy, I'm happy. Like she controls. Yeah. So anyways, I'm. Happy for you. I'm yeah. watching. I see your photos and stuff, yeah. and I love it because I'm I'm a father of a girl, so we kind of girl understanding. Dads. It's a different, yeah, it's a different vibe. You're you're gonna spend a lot of money that you're not supposed to spend. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm already aware. So that's I love it. Okay, what do you hope to achieve mm-hmm. in the future? I think, the and one, I know that's very broad. Oh, no, I like it. No, it's fine with me. I think one of the things that I have in mind is uh, a photographer. Uh, not for I already have the photography business. I'm I'm looking more at like um, like a yoga, like a I don't even know how to describe it. I want a yoga business that doesn't exist yet. I love it. I, I I'm I'm working on it. Yeah. I have a, I have some concepts and some ideas, but I want to create something yeah. that doesn't exist right now. Mm. But I want it to exist. It's just like a Steve Jobs mentality yeah. where the, he, the iPhone didn't exist, but he had it in his head. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, great. I'm looking forward to going to that <laughs> yoga class that doesn't exist. Yet. Okay, what is the most important lesson that you've learned in life? You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for. You have to forgive yourself for the person that you were when you didn't know better. Mm. And then you have to forgive people for the people they were when they didn't know better. And the, the I'll, just the, the double down on that. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with forgiving someone and then not letting them be a part of your life. Yeah. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Holding on to things we talked about earlier, holding on to things for other people, the mistakes that they made in your life, holding on to it does nothing for you. Mm. What do you think the key is to happiness? Who I like this one, and I want to go in a couple different directions. But this is what I'll say. I think the key to, to happiness is self-awareness. Because if you have self-awareness and you believe in yourself and you know who you are, you'll, you're going to go a lot farther than the person who's looking for it externally. So I would say if you want to find happiness, start a gratitude practice. Start writing down what you're grateful for. Start writing down all the things that you have in your life. You'll realize that you don't need as much as you thought you did. What inspires you to create? Oh, what inspires me to create? Well, you're, you're like a hyper creator. <laughs> um, I think that I have something to say. And that's my inspiration is I have something that's in my head and I want to get it out because if I can help somebody else, that to me is what's really inspiring. I'm self-motivated, so I don't really need a lot of external factors to want to do something. But the idea when I'm here, I'll tell you this. I, I only get inspired by other people in certain situations. I have this intrusive thought when I'm working out that I let come to me that my house is on fire and I have to get my wife and my daughter out. Mm. So when I'm in a workout and like I'm like really like sluggish and I can't get through it, I think to myself, the house is on fire and I got to get my wife and my daughter out of it. Yeah. And that'll kick you in the ass real quick. <laughs> so you talk about inspiration. It's like, uh, how can I be of impact to other people? Because I'm going to create anyway. It's in my nature. <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> that's, a, that's my. Real, I'm that's, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> that's my real, my real intrusive thought. When I am really just like, like dragging ass in a workout, yeah. I imagine that I have to save my family, and the next thing you know, I'm back at it. And I, and I kind of like that because whenever I'm working, I'm down. I'm not liking a job or a client. I say to myself, 
I'm, I'm doing this for my family. Yep. Like, and that's it. Like, I got to keep going. Take, yep. take it, and keep yeah. going. So, yep. yeah, I understand that. What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Um, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know you're so busy. Yeah. Uh, what, no, honestly, one of the things that I really enjoy is, and it's going to sound so random, but I love tech reviews. <laughs> I love tech reviews. I love looking at. Um, different products and kind of understanding like operating systems and things like that. So if I have downtime, I'm either watching things about philosophy and big thoughts and things like that, or I'm looking at like tech and gear reviews, mm-hmm. not necessarily to buy something, but I like being able to understand yeah. how operating systems work and what my, uh, the full potential of any device that I have. That's funny. Cause I watch a, a, a guy that lives in a van. Yeah, I love van life. I love van life. It's oh my called God. Van City Van Life. Yeah, he's I love in, van life. He's in Canada. Yeah. His name's Chrome. Dude, I'm not gonna live in the van. <laughs> but is it so cool? But I, I just I just like watching him, his dog and the stuff he anyway. So I yeah. I understand your tech review thing. Yeah. I, I watch that almost in the same fashion. What do you think makes a good friend? Ooh. Um, a person that won't judge you, but won't let you stay where you are. Yeah, I think the best thing that you can find in a friend is someone who is going to say, is going to is going to hold you down in in public and then rip you apart in private. Mm. That's that's the kind of friend that I want. I, I uh, there was a, a time where we were. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story because I'm yeah. like, why not? Um, there was a time where I was uh, going through licensing for the role that I'm in. Uh, not now, but back then. And uh, I made a friend uh, through um, through like starting at the job, and him and I started together. And he was already in a group and already through it. And uh, there we were in this room, and then this another guy was with me. Him and I were on the same schedule. We weren't quite friends yet. We were getting there, right? And then uh, somebody comes in, and they're talking about someone. Yeah. And they're talking about my friend's now wife, right? Like, that's another friend that I had. They're talking about his wife. He made a comment about him. And this guy watches me kind of, like, get on to this guy. I don't even know this guy. Yeah. But I know her. And we, and we ain't having that. Yeah. And, I, and, and I just kind of, not really aggressive, but I was kind of like, oh, you better watch what you say. Yeah. And then I remember I said something on my breath because, like, my other close friend was in that same group. And I'm like, if he would have said something about him, it would have been a rap. And I'm this, like my friend now, Andy was like, Oh, I want to be, he's like, that was one of those moments. I was like, Oh, I want to be friends with this guy. Like, that's how you, that's how you handle your friends when they're not even around. I'm like, yeah, I don't let that slide, bro. You don't, you don't talk about my friends in front of me, man. How has failure made you better? This is the the final question. Uh, I would say that, um, People talk about that I do a lot, right? I had this come up recently. Someone says, you do so much. How do you do so much? Um, I would say that failure has been the single greatest thing for me. My confidence in myself and my ability does not come from the things that I've done well. It has not come from... It has not come from any magazine feature. It has not come from any shout-out. It has not come from any recognition. My confidence in myself has come from all the times that I've failed, and I have watched myself get back up. I I have a track record of getting back up. Yeah. I have a track record of making things happen. Mm-hmm. So like when when people hear me and they they see that I'm confident, my confidence is not coming from a place of I think I'm better than anybody else. My confidence is coming from a place of I know what the work that I put in. I know how hard yeah. it was. 
I know how bad that felt when I failed. That's where my confidence comes from. It does not come from getting put into a magazine. That's, that is a outcome. That is not a, yeah. that's a lagging indicator, right? We talk yeah. about drivers and things that happen. That, that magazine feature, that is, a, that is an outcome of all the other work. Mm-hmm. So when I think about failure, to me, failure is success yeah. because you, you got to have it. And it teaches you who you are. I don't want anybody on my team that hasn't failed already. I don't want your first failure to come from working alongside of me because yeah. I don't need you to find out what you're about with that. I want you to know who you are before you show up. It's like the you think of the magazine feature and you say it, it you know everyone sees the image that's on there and yeah. the perfect story but in your head you're looking at this this is what I failed at. Yeah. Yep. And it got me there. Yep. Like, I can get up. Man that's yeah. a, that's such a that's great insight man. Thank you so much. I'm going to put everything in the description below. Yeah. Um it's probably you you do photography um, is, but is there is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that you're working on that you might want mm-hmm. to say? Um, no, I, I just want people to, to tune in. If you if it yeah. felt like it resonated with you, tune in. I've always got things that I'm working on and doing. I've got more classes coming up. Yeah. Uh, I will have more pop ups coming up. So I just did the pop up at Rar and Sons. Um, did yoga there a few weeks back with the Alzheimer's Association. I've got some other pop ups this nice. year that are going to be really cool. I want people to stay tuned for, and uh, yeah, new season of It's Probably You comes out in March, so you got the exclusive here. There you go. Stay tuned, and thank you, Lance, for coming on the Feld Podcast and joining me today. It was a great conversation. You did not disappoint what I expected. You you did, man. (laughs) Like, I didn't even have to be here, guys. That's when you know it's really good. Don't forget to give us a follow, hit the share, uh, hit the like button, and tell your friends and family about what we're doing here at the Felt Podcast. Keep your head up. You know, I always like to encourage y'all in failures and challenges, man. And, and you said it last, man. Just get up. Like, just get up and keep going. And I think that whenever you're sitting in the spotlight, you're going to remember, I got up. Thank you for tuning in. And like I always say, we'll see you on the next one.